Welcome to Crop Watch Podcast, a production of Nebraska Extension. Welcome back to the Nebraska Crop Watch Podcast. This is episode 53. I'm your host, Nate Dorsey. I'm a water and cropping systems educator for Dodge in Washington counties in eastern Nebraska. We usually start the podcast off with updates on upcoming events, but we don't have a whole lot to share yet. Just know that we are working on some. We have our private and commercial applicator pesticide safety trainings being scheduled in most counties in Nebraska. These are usually held from January through March, so be on the lookout for those. Uh, Check back on the cropwatch.unl.edu website for additional details, or you can talk to your local cropping systems educator. We are also in the process of scheduling confronting cropping challenges and crop production clinics. These usually take place in the winter months as well, so we'll have some additional details on these coming out soon. Again, if you have any questions on when these events are being scheduled in your area, reach out to your local extension educator. With that, it's my pleasure to welcome Dylan Mandel to the show. He is an extension plant pathologist specializing in soybeans, and he's going to talk to us a little bit about soybean cyst nematode, which is a problem that I think is uh, more widespread in the state of Nebraska than maybe we've acknowledged in the past. And it, it might be spreading, especially, I think, in eastern Nebraska. But Dylan, really like to hear you introduce yourself, your background, and then uh, we can talk more about soybean cyst nematode and some other topics related to soybean pathology. Hi, Nate. Thank you for having me. My name's Dylan, and I'm, I'm a new soybean plant pathologist here. I'm, I'm taking over the position that Dr. Lauren Giesler had held for, for many years. And then Tamara Jackson-Sims had also stepped into this role and, and covered it for some time while it was was left open. I started off here in Nebraska, and I, I finished my undergraduate degree in agronomy here. And then I went off to Montana State and Kansas State to finish graduate work. Uh, where I studied a little bit of plant breeding and genetics and plant pathology. So I'm happy to be back here in Nebraska and and trying to work on problems that producers in our state are facing, trying to help producers decrease the amount of yield that they lose to plant pathogens. And obviously there's a lot of different plant pathogens that we need to be concerned about with all of our crops, including soybeans. And soybean cyst nematode, sometimes called SCN, is a pretty common issue in some parts of Nebraska, but can you maybe explain what soybean cyst nematode is? So soybean cyst nematode, it's the number one yield limiting biotic agent of soybeans. So if you if you look at how much yield is lost to different diseases, this one is by far the worst one. Uh, and it, it losses add up to about $1.5 billion per year in the US. So it's a huge amount of yield that's lost to this. Uh, and it's all because of a, a small parasite which is a nematode that's too small to see, and it's found in the soil. They're a type of roundworm, and basically they they stay in that soil wherever they've been moved to, and as soon as a soybean grows there, it, it senses that root and goes out and parasitizes that plant. So it's just going to be feeding down there and replicating uh, and stealing that yield in a way that that we really can't see above ground. So as you've started in your position here at the University of Nebraska, and you've looked at soybean cyst nematode and also the areas of the state where it's most prevalent, what have you seen so far? So, yeah, I mean, if we talk about areas where it's prevalent, it's not native to this state or even this country. It's just something that's moved in since it was brought here. It's soil born. So it's going to stay in that soil. And unfortunately, we're the ones who are moving that around. So uh, it was found in the 1950s on the, the eastern coast of this country, and then it's 
1986, it was first found in Nebraska, and that was in Richardson County. So down in that southeast corner is where it was first found. From there, it, it slowly just continued its way west, starting with that eastern border of the state. And then um, kind of field by field, it's moved throughout the counties. Uh, as of now, we've identified it in about 95, in the counties that make up 95% of that soybean production region, which is basically most of the eastern half of the state is where we've found this so far. But just because it's in all of those counties, I mean, we can consider it at this point in most counties that produce soybean, with the exception of some far west ones. But just because it's in all those counties doesn't mean that it's in every field. And just because a producer in one of those counties might have it in one of his fields or her fields does not mean that it's in all of those fields. So it's something that we're moving it. We can't really see it, but we need to be aware of where it's at so we can stop moving it around. It's going to cost a lot of money to have this in a field. So it's worth the investment and in making sure that it's not being drug into different fields uh, and decreasing yields in, in new places where it hasn't before. I think one of the challenging things with soybean cyst nematode is, like you said, it's invisible, at least to the naked eye. It's really difficult to see. You would need to something like a, a magnifying glass or microscope to really see it. So when it comes to knowing whether you have it in your field, are there symptoms that we can be looking for either above ground or in the soil that would help us know whether it's present or not? So, yeah, that's that's the big problem with soybean cyst nematode is Producers just don't know they have it. And uh, unfortunately, soybean cyst nematode can cause up to 30% yield loss with no noticeable above ground symptoms. So, you know, you can just be farming on a year to year basis uh, and be losing those small amounts of yields. I mean, 30% is a lot, but if you get used to those yields on soybeans, you might not notice you're losing that, that yield. You might just think that's your base level. And that amount really adds up over time. So it's it's very hard to identify if you, you can't see it above ground. Now, what I tell people to look for is areas with unexplained low yield. So it might not be consistent across the field. Maybe there's certain areas where you've got this low yield and, and you don't have an explanation for that. That's the first place you would want to start looking and testing now, in cases where you have extremely high levels, and this is rare actually to have levels this high, you might see some above ground symptoms like stunting. Now, there's a lot of different things that cause stunting. So it's going to, again, it's going to look like unexplained yield loss or unexplained stunting. But with the amount of money that's invested into a, a production field, it's worth doing some testing. It's worth looking into that a little bit further to see what's causing that. Because if you do start with a hot spot for SCN in a field, as you go through that field, you're going to work that soil around and keep spreading and spreading that hot spot too. So that's why it's even more important to identify what's going on with these, these unexplained areas of low yield in a field. So we've talked a lot about yield as an indicator as to whether this might be there or not. In fields that might have soybean cyst nematode where there aren't very many above ground symptoms that we can you know, see visually like a change in leaf color or the, the height of plants, would something like a yield map be the primary tool that you would recommend to evaluate? And what would that look like? Is it, is it in patches? Would it be more well-distributed in a field? How would you interpret a yield map to know or to question whether there might be something like a soybean cyst nematode in the field? So yield map is a great thing to bring up. It's 
the best time to test for soybean cyst nematode is at the end of a season. That happens to be right when when grows are harvesting and, and looking into those yield maps. So a lot of times, because this is introduced by moving soil around, a lot of times the first areas of introduction are going to be at field entrances or field edges, maybe somewhere where you've brought an implement in in the past and dropped it there from another location, some soil got moved with it. So those are kind of, if you've got low yield areas aligning with those type of areas, maybe that's a consideration or that's a spot where you'd want to consider for potential soybean cyst nematode. Now there can be a lot of other problems with those field entrances, for example, like compaction, but it's just good to be aware of that. And if you see a low yield spot, consider why is this a low yield spot? Is this a is this a low area with water that had pooled? Uh, do we have other disease problems? But if you go through this list and don't see any obvious answers, it might just be soybean cyst nematode that's showed up in a little pocket that's starting to spread through that field. So when I think about preventing issues in the field, whether that's weeds or insects or even microorganisms like nematodes, integrated pest management strategies are really important. We don't always have the chemicals or the tools, and maybe it's not always a good idea to just rely solely on those. So when it comes to IPM, what are the different strategies or options that farmers have to either prevent or manage their fields? The most important thing for prevention is just not moving it there. You know, there's a lot of diseases, a lot of weed problems, for example, or, or other problems that we can blame our neighbors for, you know, things that could blow in, you can, you could blame someone else for, but this is a situation where you might be in charge or you, you a grower would be in charge of what's being brought into that field. And uh, it's their opportunity to protect their fields from that, those kind of soybean cyst nematode, for example, from moving in. So one thing they could do is just making sure they're cleaning equipment, testing and knowing which areas are positive. So, you know, and can be, be careful or when you're moving from a positive area to an uninfected area. And maybe knowing if you have certain positive or uninfected and infected areas, you could plan which order you work fields or which order you you plant even to work around that those positive areas or do them last. Right. So it, with it being soil borne, obviously making sure that equipment is clean would be really important. What are some of the typical equipment that you think would be carriers of something like this? And how would you recommend going about cleaning that? Is that in the field? Would you recommend taking that equipment back to the farmyard and doing it there? Do you have any best practices that you would recommend in terms of helping with that just prevention of movement? Yeah, that's really tough. I mean, it, it's a lot of extra work to to go out of your way to, to clean equipment every time you're changing fields. So, you know, ideally, if you know you've got an infected area, be careful what you're doing in that area. Hopefully it'd be a smaller area that you could avoid. Now, if you're if you're planting or or if you're working soil in some cases, and you disc through that or you work that ground, you'd really want to make sure not to take that implement, you know, when it has that soil on it and move it. In many cases, though, a lot of producers aren't aren't going to be working ground like they did 30 years ago. Even within a single field working the ground in a situation like that, you're going to be dragging it around. So you just need to know what areas are infected. And that could save you a lot of effort. We could tell people, go ahead and clean everything between every field. But if they don't have soybean cyst nematode at all, maybe they don't need to worry about it. So that's why the the number one thing we recommend is testing. Make sure you know where is positive 
what's not positive so you can prevent moving that soil around to different areas. Now, when it comes to other IPM strategies like crop rotations, crop rotations have benefits for a lot of different reasons. Do they have benefits as well with things like soybean cyst nematode? They do. Yeah, crop rotation, it's not going to solve this problem. Uh, soybean cyst nematode, the cysts and the eggs can survive in the soil for for a long time, for you know, a decade, maybe longer. So rotating is not going to solve the problem. But rotating to a non-host crop is really going to decrease and knock back that number of cysts in the soil. Uh, some studies that have shown that that in that first year of rotating to a non-host crop, cysts or egg levels can fall by 75%. So that's a huge difference. Uh, and that's why it's important not to go soybean on soybean when you've got soybean cyst nematode. Uh, but just a single year is going to knock that back, those numbers back by a lot. Uh, in that same study, I think they found that with with additional non-host years, it does continue to drop, but returns diminish pretty quickly after that first year. So fortunately, corn is a non-host crop, and, and that works with many rotations here in Nebraska, and, and that can keep numbers low by rotating for sure. So one last IPM strategy that I wanted to cover as well would be pesticides. And when it comes to pesticides, we have pesticides that fit into different categories. We have herbicides and insecticides and miticides for different types of pests. Are, are there nematicides that can be used if you do have a field that's positive for soybean cyst nematode that you can help manage that population or eradicate it if, if it's there? Yeah, so nematicides are becoming available. Soybean cyst nematode, it's got a long history. So, I mean, it's it's got a long history of, of different things that have been tried uh, in management it was once a problem that might have been considered well under control. Uh, in the 1990s, uh, a soybean cyst nematode coalition was put together, a, a group of, of universities that were working on this. And what they recommended then was testing. Identify if you have it, and if you have it, plant a resistant variety. Now, that worked for a while. And then in about 2014, what we found was that we had been only using a single resistance source in all of these new varieties. Now, what happens when you use a single source of anything is for control, that other organism is going to figure out how to overcome it. Soybean cyst nematode found a way to replicate on varieties that, that had that single resistance source. And we found that many populations throughout the state, throughout the country, uh, were, were overcoming that and that that resistance source didn't work anymore. The, the problem was, the problem was uh, soybean cyst nematode we thought we had solved it with that resistance source. And when it overcame it, we were kind of caught with, with no backup. Now, there's other resistance sources out there, but they weren't in good varieties. They hadn't been built up in, in varieties that producers wanted to use. And it takes time to put those in there. So, you know, 2014, we realized there's a problem. Uh, starting to breed up new programs with those new varieties is going to take, you know, another seven years, maybe another decade to really get good ones out there. So we're not quite there yet. We're in 2022 and, and new varieties are just starting to come on the market now that are addressing these issues. But still, if you look at a seed catalog, it's almost completely that 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 initial source, PI88788. Uh, so hopefully in the next couple of years, and it, it sounds like in the pipeline from seed companies, there are really good alternatives coming out. Peking is another alternative that's in some of those catalogs. And the recommendation there is, PI88788 does have some, some efficacy still. 
So we're not saying don't use it. Definitely use it if you don't have another alternative. But if you have a peaking variety available, try and rotate between those different sources. So rotating varieties is really the best thing you can do once you've tested and figured out your positive. Uh, the next thing, like you mentioned, is rotating to a non-host crop. The third recommendation that we're making and the, and the current Soybean Cyst Nematode Coalition is making is consider the use of a nematode protectant seed treatment. We're only recommending that this is considered because if you're going to use one, it needs to be paired with a resistant variety. The resistance source is going to make the biggest difference. Pairing those might help a little bit more, but there's a lot of new products coming on the market and we're still building up data to see which we can recommend more strongly. At this current time, we're recommending that you talk to local advisors, see what's been working in your area, see, see if other people have had good experiences and, and consider using one of those in combination with your resistant variety. Yeah, I think you bring up a really good point that I didn't really think about before, which is that varietal selection can play a really important part in IPM strategies too. So finding plants that have been bred or developed specifically for qualities of resistance. And so I think that's a really good suggestion to consider. Now you've talked a lot about sampling and as really the only way to know if it's in your field. And so when it comes to, to doing this, you know, there's a few things that come to mind, which is when is the best time to sample? How do we actually conduct a, a sample for soybean cyst nematode? And then where would, would we send this for analysis? So would you maybe start by addressing just when is the best time to start looking at this in your fields? So sampling, yeah, that's the number one recommendation. That's the first recommendation and the last recommendation. We want you to test so you know where it is. And we want you to test after you've started managing it to make sure your management is working because you can spend a lot of money on, on seed treatments and, and variety selection and making sure you're managing it. But again, you're really not going to see a change. You might have a yield change, hopefully. But testing is follow-up testing is the only way we can continue to see how the variety or, or how the management that's being used is working. So uh, fortunately for Nebraska producers, um, the Nebraska Soybean Board has funded a grant which which covers edu an education or an outreach component along with um, free testing for any Nebraska producer who wishes to test for soybean cyst nematode. So how that program works is we're providing free testing materials, so soil sampling bags to producers who would like to test. They can fill those up with soil. They can go out and probe their fields uh, or collect soil from areas or, uh, that they think might be positive or even grid sample fields if they'd like to and send those samples in. Those samples all come, they can all come into the UNL Plant and Pest Diagnostic Clinic. And then we're going to count those. And then we're going we're gonna to take that data and we're not going to share it. We're going to send it back to the producers that have sent the, that information in. So there's going to be a confidential data response. And then, uh, and that's all for free. That's all paid for by the Nebraska Soybean Board. So that's the soybean checkoff at work, providing value to Nebraska producers. Now, if if producers would like to take advantage of this program, they can reach out to their their county educators. They could also contact the UNL Plant Pest Diagnostic Clinic if they'd like, or they can go to our website at go.unl.edu/scnsample, all one word. Uh, and they can request, there's a form there where they can request soil sample bags, and I'll mail those directly out to producers or consultants or anyone else who would like to do testing. I'll mail them directly. And then you can just soil sample and send those bags back. But also maybe maybe I should talk a little bit about the best way to soil sample as well. 
So I mentioned the best time is right after, right at the end of a, a soybean season. And the reason is that nematode in the soil is going to replicate. It's going to, it's going to go through its life cycle every 28 days. So we can get several generations in a, in a growing season and every female that completes that life cycle, a single female can have up to 500 eggs. So that's just going to keep, you can see, you can imagine how quickly those populations could grow in the soil. So by the end of that soybean season, their soil is going to be at peak levels. And then it's going to fall off again until you get soybeans in there again, and it's going to pick back up. So the best time of the year is October, November after a soybean season for testing. That's going to be peak levels. It'll be easiest to find them if they're there. That being said, you can also test any time of the year and send samples in. But if you want to make comparisons long term, just make sure you're picking that same point in your rotation to sample. And that'll be an easy way to compare previous samples. When you're sampling, those nematodes live in that top foot of the soil, so they're not going to be very deep. So if you have a soil probe, you can go out and probe. Just pick multiple sites. There's instructions on the sample bags we'll send out as well, but pick some multiple sites, spread them out a little bit, put those probes into a bucket, mix them up, and send that bag into us. If you're going to grid sample, maybe consider um, 20 acres or so covered in, in a single sample. Otherwise, the first thing I recommend to producers who've never sampled before is just contact us. We'll send some bags out to you and then sample areas where you might have that unexplained low yield. If you've, if you've identified a couple spots on your yield monitor, just go out, take some soil samples in those areas. That's a great way to start. And then uh, if you've got those areas, that's likely the, the areas with the highest level of soybean cyst nematode. So a great way to start. Otherwise, just field entrances is another common area where they're at at first. So that's an easy way to start if you've never sampled before. Yeah, those are some great suggestions. And I would say that when it comes to sampling and getting some of these results back, I know that thinking from a, a producer perspective, if I had a sample that I sent in that came back positive, I think that my first question would be like, okay, well, what do I do now? <laughs> so when it comes to resources that we have available from the University of Nebraska, are there specific resources that you recommend for growers that can help them make some of these decisions if this isn't something that they've encountered before? Okay, so if, if producers are are testing or have questions about it and they're looking for resources, the first thing I'd suggest is, is go online to cropwatch.unl.edu. Uh, we've got a lot of great resources on there. And if you search soybean cyst nematode on that page, it'll take you to up-to-date information about soybean cyst nematode in Nebraska. And on there, we're going to show show maps as well of, of where SCN has been identified in Nebraska. The second place they can go to is the SCN Coalition's website, which can be found at the scncoalition.org. This is a group that's made up of different universities, different plant pathologists from universities across the Midwest, because there's a lot of states dealing with the same issue. And this is a place where we put a lot of information as well that growers can research if they would like. And again, the last place, just contact us if you've got any questions. Contact your county educator. Contact myself, the, the Extension Soybean Pathology Specialist, or contact the UNL Plant and Pest Diagnostic Clinic. All of those areas can help point you to information or answer your questions if you if you have any of them as well. And then, if you again, if you'd like to just start sampling, which I'd encourage all of you because it's, it's free for Nebraska producers, just go to go.unl.edu slash SCN sample and then fill out that form. We'll send soil sampling bags directly to you. 
Perfect. Well, thanks, Dylan. I think this is really timely information just with harvest finishing up for a lot of people in the state of Nebraska. We probably still have a few weeks left before the soils get too cold and start mm-hmm. to freeze. So if, if this is something that you're interested in, you start looking at your yield maps, which I highly recommend doing after harvest, taking a look at what you've collected and looking for those areas of maybe some unexplained yield loss. This is the, the perfect opportunity to go through and start figuring out what that is to better manage our fields. So thanks so much for this information. I, I, I'm really looking forward to having you on the show again. I'm sure there's going to be other topics around soybean pathology that we'll have questions on and that will need some more of your expertise. So I look forward to having you on the podcast again in the future. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. That's a great point you made. Get out there and get that soil before the ground gets too hard because it's going to freeze. But but if any time before that happens, it's going to be a, there's going to be good good data in there. So feel free to reach out if you have any other questions and thanks again for having me. Mm-hmm.